Hey, I'm Pastor Dave. Welcome to the Lighthouse. We hope the Lord speaks to you today by His Word. God bless. I just I want to uh, start with um, just saying this. I want to thank you for your faithfulness uh, in just so many ways. Uh, uh, your faithfulness to the Lord. Whether it's just in, in, in coming to hear the word of God. Whether it's in being open and willing to be used by the Lord. Uh, your commitment, whether it's in prayer, whether it's in uh, ministry, in whatever way it is here at the church. Uh, your faithfulness, even in giving. Uh, I just want to thank you, uh, and not just giving of your of your finances, but in your tithes or offerings, but giving of yourselves. Uh, I just say I want to say thank you. I see so many of you uh, have submitted to the lordship of Jesus Christ in your life, and uh, so many of you have continued to be used by the Lord uh, because He does have plans for us. And I just I want to thank you. Uh, for being in a place uh, just to, to say, Lord, here I am. Here I am. Use me. Here I am. Use me. Colossians 4 from verse 16. It says, Now when this epistle is read among you, see that it is read also in the church of the Laodiceans. I was... As you know from Revelation, that's the lukewarm church. The Lord was wanting to get in. And that you likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. I guess there was a letter from Laodicea. And uh, these churches uh, were in the province of Galatia. There was a number of churches that were there. And, and uh, we, we read of, of those churches in Revelations chapters 2 and 3. Some of them are, are in that area. So read this epistle, and, and we're finishing off the last few verses of, of, of this um, powerful, powerful letter. And say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. Let me read that again. So this was a, a specific note to a specific person in the church in, uh, in, Coloss, in Colossae and uh, to take heed to the ministry which you received in the Lord, Archippus, that you may fulfill it, to finish what the Lord has called you to do. This salutation by my own hand, Paul. So Paul is signing it off. Or signing off. And uh, he says, remember my chains. Grace be with you. Amen. And he closes off this letter to the Colossians. We have so much time in a week. How many of you would say, I don't have enough time in a week? Anybody? Okay. Just, just a few. A few of you, okay, we just like, we, we wish we could have a few extra hours. Others are just saying, yep, yeah, I'm good. I've got enough time in a week. There's uh, priorities that we have 
each and every day and, and every, every week, there's different things that we need to do. And uh, uh, one of the things that takes up much of our time, whether it's our, our sleeping, uh, and so many of us may take time or we have this so much time for sleep, and we're pretty consistent in that, and uh, also time taken up with work. And for those of you that are, are working, uh, you might be working part-time, or you may be working full-time. So y you may be working anywhere from 24 hours to 50-plus hours per week, and with your sleep, it takes up a good chunk of time. And tonight, you are here. So many of you are here tonight and uh, are taking part in hearing the word of the Lord. You recognize the importance of, of uh, the assembling together of the saints. I just want to say that when it comes to what takes up so much of our, our week, and, and for, once again, for those that are working, work oftentimes takes up a huge part of our week. And I want to say to you, uh, and I've, I've, to, just to have your time and your priorities in place, that your number one priority would be your relationship with the Lord and the maintenance thereof, that you would take time for the Lord each day. And I recognize the Lord doesn't expect for us uh, necessarily to say, hey, I'm putting aside 50 hours this week, uh, my time with the Lord. Uh, we don't have... Um, that time, the Lord recognizes that you also have uh, uh, function and, and responsibility within your family. And it's not like we, we should necessarily compartmentalize and say, well, hey, this is a time for God, and then there's no more time for you, Lord. We are, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, but that we would acknowledge the Lord in our life on a daily basis, on a regular basis. And that that would be first in our life, is that God is first in our lives. And the relationship that has developed between us and the Lord, that it would be uh, not just maintained, but it would flourish. There would be a de deepening of relationship. And the same thing with the relationship with our family, uh, that there would be a deepening of relationship with our family. Listen, uh, I recognize sometimes that family, especially as we get older and uh, there's maybe a separating, as was mentioned earlier, hey, I haven't seen my cousin uh, for 25 years or heard from my cousin or had much interaction. But the, the heart of God, especially when it comes to our immediate family, is that there's interaction. And I, I realize that not always is there a, um, that there might be uh, a struggle or whatever, or there's, there's separation or there's been uh, whatever may be there. But Lord, uh, that, that we would be responsible and take responsibility within uh, our family and, and deepening a relationship and, and uh, with those that are part of our family, whether they're saved or not. And um, I recognize that's not always possible, but that you would be open every day to just say, Lord, I, I open myself up. I submit myself to your lordship to uh, be used by you when it comes to family. Um, thirdly, your relationship within the body of Christ and the, the maintenance of your relationship within the body of Christ. So our Lord, our family, 
and the body of Christ, those three, at that point, after that comes whatever else, career, work, whatever. At the most is fourth. The other things, these three things should be in that order, in balance, without overemphasizing or neglecting any one of those things. It is critical. Uh, the, the, the responsibility and the, uh, that the Lord has given us, uh, even in uh, relationship with him, our family, and especially in the body of Christ. Within the body of Christ, we have function and purpose. And I, I'm just, I, I want to lead into this verse that is given to uh, Archippus that says, Take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord that you may fulfill it. You say, well, that's for him. What about me? That doesn't apply to me. That was for a man that lived 2,000 years ago, and I wonder if he fulfilled it. I wonder if the ministry which was given by the Lord was fulfilled by Archippus. One day we will find out. Is that for us today? Do we have purpose? Has the Lord given us purpose uh, within the body of Christ and even to be his hands and feet extended. If we could turn to Ephesians 4 from verse 11 to 16, I'm going to read this quickly. I don't want to take too much time on it. But I want you to know today that, that each and every one of us has been given ministry by the Lord. Each and every one. I'm not talking that we're all going to be pastors or all going to be elders or all going to be uh, whatever, Sunday school teachers, but the Lord has given each and every one of you ministry. And it may be a varied, not just one thing, but there might be a, a several things. The Lord says, this is what I want you to do. So it says in uh, verse 11, it says, and he himself, that's the Lord Jesus himself, gave some to be apostles, so it would be overseeing, uh, not just a church, but a number of, a larger body of believers, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, teachers for what purpose? For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. So it's not just that, hey, uh, as a pastor, uh, that's ministry and that's, you know, uh, pastor, you got work to do and, and, uh, uh, and, and that's what you got to do and, and I'm there's nothing for me to do. In fact, one of the tasks that I would have as a pastor is, is the equipping of the saints, the equipping of you for ministry, that you are, are doing what the Lord has called you to do and that there's an equipping of you to accomplish that ministry, whatever it may be. Oftentimes it's around the, the talents and the passions and the gifts, gifts that the Lord has given us that we do ministry. We say, thank you, Lord. Sometimes he may put in upon us things that we may not necessarily uh, want to do. I never, hey, growing up in a pastor's home, I understood the, the difficulties of pastoring a church. Only a fool 
would say, I want to be a pastor without a calling. Because I'll tell you right now, that is not something that you can just say, this is a job that I turn on and turn off whenever. It's a calling. And, and so we, we do what the Lord would have us do. And you, you, you're not necessarily called to be a pastor. And maybe some of you are. But I'm saying to you that the Lord has given to you ministry to do. Till we all come. Well, let me just go back to verse 12. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. You, we, are meant to do what we're supposed to do for the building up of the body of Christ. And I see that happening. I see that here in the church where there is a ministering to one another for the edifying, the building up of we as believers. Till we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So we become more and more like Jesus. And that's part of what ministry should be, is that we would be encouraging and and and. Uh, uh, walking aside alongside one another to get us or get, that we would get each other if you would to a place of being more and more like Jesus that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting but speaking the truth and love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ and so there's this, this thing of, of growth taking place. Are you growing in the Lord? Are you growing in what the Lord would have you do? Are you growing and becoming more and more like Christ? Lord, let it be. Let it be in me. Because even as that takes place, and as we become more like Jesus, the head, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by whatever joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. The moment we gave our life to the Lord, the moment you came to the Lord is you were, you were put into the body of Christ. You are a member within the body of Christ. Lord, work through me. Lord, what is my function? What is my purpose within the body? What would you have me do? I want you, in Ephesians 2, verse 8, 8 to 10. Listen to this. And this, this goes from the moment that you're saved. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. You've been saved by grace as you, you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ. Now listen. After we are saved, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So the Lord has prepared us for good works, for, for a ministry to take place through us. And I know sometimes when I use the word ministry, you, you have this idea of, of you know, I'm an I'm a evangelist or uh, I'm a, a, you know, a prophet or, you know, whatever that ministry may be. Whatever the Lord has is is placing in your heart, there's something that the Lord would have you do. In fact, 
the moment that we were that we were saved it says god prepared beforehand that we should walk in these good works that were created in christ jesus so it's like lord with the time that we have left that we would finish well here here i am lord use me use me lord i want to finish the race well and i recognize that sometimes we may have gone off track here or there but lord at this time in our life that i would be used by you to finish the the things that you have given or prepared beforehand from before time began that you had planned for me lord let it be done so i just i submit to your lordship it's amazing that this this book ends off with a a specific instruction to one person cuz oftentimes we would say well you know what it's not for me it's for that person over there and even as we would read this we say well it's just for archippus he is the one that needs to fulfill the ministry that has been given to him by the lord but it is as we recognize we realize that the lord is not just speaking to archippus but he's speaking or would be speaking to us personally and saying i have given you something to do and i want you to fulfill it i want you to complete what i've asked you to do that we would be surrendered and submitted to him peter writes in in 1st peter chapter 4 from verse 7 speaking of the last days but the end of all things is at hand therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers and above all things have fervent love one for another or for one another for love will cover a multitude of sins so love one another be hospitable to one another without grumbling now listen as each has received a gift each one of you has received a gift minister that gift to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of god if anyone speaks let him speak as the oracles of god if anyone ministers let him do it as with the ability which god supplies that in all things may be that in all things god may be glorified through jesus christ to whom be belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever so the lord gives each one of us has given each one of you as a child of god he's given you a gift and it's oftentimes it's two two types here mentioned is one is is that which we would speak so if if anyone speaks let him speak as the oracles of god so we'd hear from god and we would speak the things of god and if anyone ministers let him do it as with the ability which god supplies that in all things god may be glorified through jesus christ so there is an empowering of you with the gift that god has given you or the gifts and the ministry that god has given you the power of the holy spirit to to accomplish the things that you need to do i just say thank you lord for that praise god that we don't have to conjure up things on our own or we just don't have to work things on our own but the lord has already given you gifts 
And so he's saying, minister it to one another. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God, Lord, what would you have me do? And say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord that you may fulfill it. Lord, let us fulfill what you have asked for us to do, which you've given for us to do. Let us fulfill it in Jesus' name. I want to read from verse 7, Colossians 4 from verse 7. And he, I, this struck me as I, as I was preparing this, is the, the fact that Paul is listing person after person after person by name. And it, it hit me that the scriptures are inspired by God. All scripture is inspired by God. The Holy Spirit inspired Paul to acknowledge these individuals as he's finishing off this letter on the supremacy of God and the fact that God, as we submit to his lordship and as we are uh, moving by faith, as we continue in the faith, of Jesus Christ and him crucified, what saved us, we continue in that faith. And with the submission to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, that there is a, a work that God wants to do in every area of our life. And we, we read of that in chapters 3 and 4. And the last part of chapter 4 deals with the work of ministry coming right down to one individual. And I see that because sometimes we say, well, yeah, Colossians is not written for me, it's for, for others. But it comes down to one individual, it comes down to each one of us. What are we going to do with what the Lord has entrusted us with? What are we going to do with the Lord? what the Lord has entrusted us with? And the fact that he's recognizing individuals is that the Lord recognizes you. And he's given you a task, and he's saying to you, I want that, that which is, I've given to you, that it would be accomplished it is good. It is necessary. Lord, let me accomplish the things that you have given to me to do, that, they, that the ministry would be fulfilled that has been received in the Lord. So listen to the different names and what these individuals, it's not just their name, but it's, it's a, uh, there's, there's oftentimes their character brought up or what they're doing is brought up. And we recognize the importance, and we say, well, oh, yeah, you know, uh, Tychicus is, is, is one that, yeah, that's, I, that's who I would want to be, and that's his kind of ministry. That's what I would want to do. Or someone else say, well, no, I, I would, whatever the Lord has given to you to do, Lord, let it be done. So listen, as I read through the next number of verses here, the names that are mentioned inspired by the Holy Spirit because God has given them specific things just as he has given you and me specific things to do today. And he wants that there's an acknowledging of us before him. That when we stand before the Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, he would, be, he would say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. And the beautiful thing is, at this point, you say, well, you know what? I, I haven't, man, there are, there are things that have, have come in to keep me from what the Lord has called me to do. I thank God that even if there has been a 
as I mentioned on Sunday, going around in circles or going off tangent, that we can finish off that race that we have left to run well. I can always make a brand new end, that I would make a brand new end if I've gone off track. I can make a brand new end with the Lord as we finish the race together. So from verse 7, Colossians 4, verse 7, God is recognizing these individuals. Lord, recognize that you would recognize me. Let me do what you would have me do. Tychicus, a beloved brother, faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord. He's going to tell you all the news about me. So Tychicus was leaving from where Paul was in Rome, and he was traveling by foot and, and whatever means, whether it's some water along the way, uh, to, to share the news of what was happening with Paul and bringing this letter with him. He will tell you all the news about me. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that he may know your circumstances and comfort your hearts. It's the thing about ministry that it's about knowing where another person is at and bringing a comfort to that, to that individual. That's what ministry is about. It's about connecting with those that, that have needs and that there is a, a work done through us to lift up and to encourage and to comfort hearts. So not just take a kiss, but Anesimus, a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you. It's come from where you're from. He's one of yours. <coughs> Obviously, it wasn't in Colossae, but was with Rome or in Rome. And he's coming back to Colossae. And in fact, in Philemon, uh, one short letter of Paul to Philemon uh, most likely knew, or he did know, Anesimus. And it would seem that the church of Colossae was in Philemon's house, was well-to-do individual, was in his house, and there had been a problem with Anesimus, one of his servants. And along the way, as, as the servant left, ran off, got saved, and now he's coming back. Philemon, that short letter, Paul is saying, hey, I know that, that Onesimus was not good to, to you or there were problems, but I want you to accept him. I want you to accept Onesimus as you would accept me. And if there's anything outstanding that he may have caused you damage or loss, he says, I'm going to, Paul says, I'm going to pay for it. Accept Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother. They will know, they will make known to you all things which are happening here. So ministry, uh, the other thing that I, I'm catching here about ministry is that, that very rarely is it alone. And I recognize we can minister to another person one-on-one, -on -one, but so often there's ministry together, working together to connect with those that have needs. And if there's relationship, there's connecting, there's a ministering to those that have needs to encourage and to comfort Aristarchus, 
my fellow prisoner greets you. This man's in prison with Paul. With Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, about whom you received instructions, if he comes to you, welcome him. So Mark is John Mark, the one that wrote the Gospel of Mark. He was along with Jesus. He was not one of the disciples, one of the 12, but um, was there with Jesus, was very young. And here, years later, uh, Paul, who didn't want anything to do with Mark because he was too young and wasn't able to handle a journey, uh, took Silas at the beginning in, in Acts, as we read in Acts, and he left Mark for Barnabas. You take Barnabas, or Barnabas, you take Mark. I, he's, I, I don't want, there's a big, huge issue. But here, there's an acknowledging of Mark by Paul. And Jesus, who is called Justice, these are my only fellow workers for the kingdom of God who are of the circumcision or Jewish. They have proved to be a comfort to me. Can I just say this? There is so much work that goes on here in the church and through the church. And I just, I just say, man, you have proved to be a comfort to me recognizing I don't, there's no way that one person or two people or even five people can do what is being done. But there's so many in the church that are saying, are, are ministering in one way or another. I just say thank you. What a blessing, uh, a comfort to me, a blessing to me, but a blessing to the Lord and a blessing to those that are, are being ministered th to through you. Through you. Hallelujah. Epaphras, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has great zeal for you and those who are in Laodicea and those in Heropolis. Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Greet the brethren who are in, the, in Laodicea and, and Nymphus and the church that is in his house. Hallelujah. We have nine, ten names mentioned here if you include Barnabas. Tychicus, a beloved brother, faithful minister, helper, fellow servant, Onesimus, most likely, they say, he helped Paul in scribing the letter, this letter. So Paul signs off on the bottom. He says, I'm writing in my own hand. But probably uh, Onesimus helped in the scribing. So Paul would say, hey, write this. And uh, so Onesimus is writing. And he's the bearer of this letter to the Colossians. Aristarchus was in jail with Paul, and, it, and he was with Paul on, on Paul's third missionary trip. Mark, as I mentioned already, he wrote the book of, of the Gospel of Mark. Uh, Justice, a co-worker for the kingdom of God. Epaphras brought the good news to the Colossians and most likely founded the church in Colossae. And he loved and prayed for the church to be strong and perfect and in the will of God. Luke, Dr. Luke, who wrote the Gospel of Luke, 
and also the book of Acts. Demas, <coughs> nothing is said of Demas except in 2 Timothy 4, verse 10, it says that Demas deserted Paul because he loved the things of this world. And so twice he's mentioned. Uh, I think he's mentioned in, in Philemon as well, or one of the other letters. Uh, but the last that we heard of, De we hear of Demas is that he's deserted Paul. The, the things of this world had gotten, had pulled them in. Nymphus, who had church meetings uh, in, in, the, in his house. Archippus. They say that he was possibly <coughs> the son of Philemon and possibly the pastor of the church that was in the house, and in Philemon's house. So here he's saying, once again in Colossians 4, 17, take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord that thou fulfill it. You would fulfill the ministry the Lord has given to you. The Lord is saying to each one of us, take heed to the ministry which the Lord has given you, that you would fulfill it. Fulfill the ministry that you've received. We have a choice to make. We have a choice to make as to our ministry within the body of Christ. It's not so much, Lord, and oftentimes we think, well, Lord, what is it that you would have me do? But it's not so much, Lord, what would you have me do? But rather, Lord, here I am and work through me. Because oftentimes we say, well, what, what is it that I have to do? But it's the yielding and giving of self to be used by the Lord that is critical for doors to be opened and for the work to be done. So let me ask you this. What would distract a person from finishing the work that the Lord had entrusted them with? What would distract them? Okay, so uh, personal problems at home or could be the, the cares of this life. There's just, there's so much stuff, other stuff that needs to get done. So I, I can't finish the work that the Lord has given me. I maybe don't even start, but I, or if I did start, I can't finish because of all these other things. What else? Pride. So why would you say, like, how are you, how would that deter? So, so we, the way I would, would see when it comes to pride is, don't, Lord, I'm sorry, I, don't tell me what to do. Not my will or not your will, my will be done. So pride would be more about what I want to have done in my life at this point in time. We may not, it may not come across quite so arrogantly, 
but I guess in a, in a nutshell, there is a distraction with this thing as well. I've got other things that need to get done. And if it fits in, Lord, if your plans and purposes for my life fit in, then I'll do it. So it could, whether it's pride or whether it's a, a distraction of we're going off and sidetracked by these uh, things that are more important in our lives. Okay. All right, my agenda's more important, Lord, than yours. What else? What might keep us from or distract us from finishing? Maybe we started the work, but might cause us to, to not finish. Discouragement, absolutely. Sometimes discouragement when you don't see anything happening and you're discouraged, you just, uh, in Galatians 6, it talks about that we would not be weary in well-doing for in due season, we will reap a harvest. Sometimes we get discouraged in the work when you say, well, is, is anything happening? And, oh, I don't see anything happening. And so there's a, uh, there's a, a giving up. Well, I, I just can't do this anymore. It's interesting that Jesus, when he's welcoming uh, the, his servants before, before him, he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. He doesn't say, well done, you successful person, you successful individual. He doesn't say, this, oh, this is all that you've done. He says, well done, my good and faithful servant. And so there's this aspect of finishing. And even to uh, Archippus that he's saying, hey, listen, f you've received a ministry. Finish it. Fulfill it. Complete it. Don't, and maybe, maybe Archippus is uh, this specific note, if he was the pastor, by Paul's just saying, hey, it's tough, but hang in there and finish it off. Finish off until you, your, your work is completed. Keep going. So perhaps it's a thing of, def it's definitely of, of discouragement, or, or sometimes other things will get in there that we... Uh, Maybe there's a, a resentment against God. God, I've done, I've given up this and that for you, and and I've done this for you, and I, I don't see any fruit of my labors. I'm, I'm, you know what? I give up. Sometimes we just, as we, if we don't see anything happening, we say, well, is it in vain? Should I continue on with this or not? And so the Lord, so the Lord would have us. Sometimes those are things, or that would be a, a, a point of, well, I give up. Sometimes there might be not just discouragement. Sometimes there's there's conflict with. Within. I'll tell you right now. There's I know there's people that have, have stopped ministering because of of opposition within the church. I was uh, ministering to pastor, brother, friend, that um, man coming into a church and an established church and, and the opposition, well, you know what, you can't change this, you can't change that, you can't do this, you can't do that, or this is the way we've done it, and there was such, like we're talking major opposition to the pastor, a new pastor coming in, to the point where 
there's such discouragement. Now, praise God, this individual, this pastor has, has worked through, and, and there are changes that are taking place. And uh, he didn't have to, com he didn't compromise, but continued on with ministry. But sometimes there's strife and division. Uh, there's bitterness that would creep in or envy or jealousy that would stop uh, mi ministry from being fulfilled. We have to watch our attitudes. Folks, let me just say this. Our battle, our fight is not against flesh and blood. Listen, the enemy will do whatever he can to have me have issue with you or you to have issue with me or, or whoever within the church recognize that is not of the Lord. So often say, well, I am right. And there's this conflict that is going on to the point of, of ministry not taking place or people getting hurt, whatever. We have to check our attitude our attitude and, and, and make sure, Lord, is my attitude right? This happened to me just a few months ago. I, uh, I was starting to write a response to an email that I'd received, a few emails that I received, not from the church here, anybody in the church. And after about almost five or six hours, I was... First thinking, I, I was, it was a response to an email, and I started typing up, and the more I typed, as I continued to type, I recognized, oh my goodness, my attitude's not right here. And after, I think it was almost six hours from the time that I, I began to the time I recognized, there's no way, I'm not responding because my attitude's not right. I'll tell you right now, <laughs> Jesus says, be angry and sin not. Right? The things we sin, when we, the things that we speak or the things that we do, uh, if you're angry to the point where you're going to say something or do something that you shouldn't say or you shouldn't do, you need to back off. Be angry and sin not. There is no sin in anger, righteous anger. Uh, we can get, get uh, angry about unrighteousness. But one thing that God says about that is don't let the, the sun go down on your wrath, that you would not hang on to this, that there would be a settling down. The, un, uh, the anger, unrighteous, or anger as a result of unrighteousness would propel you to do something that it would not be done, it would not be anything that you would say or do that is sin. And it all starts up here in our heart and up here. Uh, when it comes to our attitude, we have to be careful because uh, it will it could distract us from ministry. What else may just uh, stop us from fulfilling ministry? Okay, so just our 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 time. Uh, we we got we're working whatever. Uh, I would say this: the Lord knows that you need to work. So. Work should not be a, a deterrent. Like I said, work should come in fourth in priorities. I'm not talking about time, but I'm talking priorities. Work is fourth. And I recognize work is probably the one thing that takes up most of our, or a huge chunk of our time. The Lord understands that and he's saying, but your function within the body comes before that. You say, well, pastor, do you, what, you, you don't work or whatever to, no, well, 
If you are willing to be used by the Lord, I'll tell you right now, the Lord will open up doors for you to minister. And maybe it's not on a Sunday or a Wednesday, or maybe it is on a Sunday but not a Wednesday, or maybe at different points in the week, but the Lord will allow you to minister because you're willing to be used by the Lord. And you're not allowing job to, to uh, sidetrack you from accomplishing and finishing the ministry that the Lord has given to you. One thing that I've uh, found that at times may cause us to be sidetracked is uh, sometimes sin entering in into our lives. I've seen pastors fall because of being sidetracked morally to, to, to even to the point of, of being taken out of ministry. So as we humble ourselves, if we have slipped and fallen, that we would humble ourselves before the Lord, that things would be made right. Lord, forgive me. And we continue on with, with the work that the Lord would have us do, or sometimes there may be a delay or whatever, but Lord, forgive me. Aren't you glad that the Lord forgives? Thank God. You know, David, King David, man, he sinned grievously. Yet, do you know that David is going to be ruling over Israel in the, in the millennium? King David. Yet, here's a man that, that was involved in uh, sexual uh, sin. And even to the point of having this woman's husband murdered in the field of battle. Like, we're talking extreme. When you read Psalm 51 is uh, David coming before the Lord and asking for forgiveness. And I thank God that God is a God that, that does forgive and that he, uh, even if we have sinned, that things can be made right before the Lord. The Lord forgives as we humble ourselves. Sometimes we want to procrastinate. Sometimes it's apathy. We don't just don't care. Uh, or why do I have to do it? Somebody else can do it. Um, that we would take heed to the ministry which we have received in the Lord to fulfill it. The Lord is speaking to you tonight. The Lord is saying, fulfill that ministry. The Lord is, is, is calling you by name. He's calling me. And he's saying, fulfill the ministry that, that I've given you. What should be our response to that? Lord, yes, here I am. To Jacob, this was the cheater. Jacob was a cheater. He was a cheat. Jacob and his response to the Lord, Genesis 46, 2. Then God spoke to Israel, or Jacob, in the visions of the night. He said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, here I am. Here I am. Go ahead, speak to me, Lord. Here I am, use me. Moses, Moses says, hey, I can't speak to Pharaoh, I stutter. Low self-esteem. Moses had low self-esteem of what he was capable of. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, that he had turned aside to look at this burning bush, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, 
And he said, here I am. Lord, here I am. I want to be used by you. Samuel, the one that was given up by his mother, what was his response? In 1 Samuel 3, 4, it says that the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here I am. In verse 10 of 1 Samuel 3, it says, Now the Lord came and stood and called us at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. I hear what you want to say to me. I'm going to do what you ask me to do, or what you would ask of me. I will do it. Speak, for your servant hears. Here I am. Isaiah, the, the one that God said no one would listen. That he said, no one's going to listen to me. His response, Isaiah 6, verse 8, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. Use me, Lord. So the voice of the Lord is calling you, is speaking to you, that you would say, Lord, here I am. Use me. Whatever you would have me do, Lord, work through me. And especially as we see the day of the Lord approaching, that there would be a work accomplished through us, that there would be a, a finish before the trumpet sounds, that we would run the race well, that we would do well. Lord, here I am, just the way I am. Use me. Use me. When it comes to our response to the supremacy of, of Jesus Christ, the preeminence of Jesus Christ, the thing that we can do, Lord, here I am. I surrender. I submit to your, Lord, your will, Lord. Let your will be done in my life. That's, that should be our response. And the Lord isn't saying, well, you have to be this, 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 and this. You have to have so many uh, capabilities and abilities and whatever. The Lord is saying, I'm giving you what you need. I'm giving you the task. I'm giving you the gift. I'm giving you the ministry. I'm giving you the supply of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you the ability to accomplish what you need to accomplish. As we finish off this, I want to just close with that very first chapter in Colossians. Can we stand together? I want to read this. And Paul was so, he loved the church of Colossae and it was just what a, a, a the Lord was, was doing a work, and Paul was, was praying, and this is what he prays for them and, and would pray. There's this prayer that would go up for us. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. You would know his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us. Where have you come from? He has delivered you from the power of darkness and conveyed you into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our sins. 
He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. That he may have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross, that our faith would be there. And Jesus Christ and him crucified. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, you say, God, would you even consider me? Would you even, Lord, where I've come from and you would consider me? Yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight if indeed you continue in the faith grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel, Jesus Christ and him crucified, which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister, that we would be a minister. He's calling us. So let's pray. Lord, you are supreme. You are preeminent. Tonight, Lord, we submit to your lordship. Not my will, Lord, your will be done. Lord, you have saved us because of our faith in your finished work on the cross. And Lord, we, we confess that that is where our faith is. We hang on to that faith daily. We take up the cross, denying ourselves and able to follow you because your plans and purposes for us are good. And so, Lord, I pray you will give dreams, you will give visions, you will empower by your Holy Spirit, you will fill with your Holy Spirit. Lord, that we will be led and driven by your Spirit to accomplish your will in these last days. Jesus, that you would be exalted. And even as you are, that there would be a drawing of all men, and women, young adults, children to you, Lord, in these last days. Lord, there is a work that you would have us do even this summer. Lord, even tonight, perhaps. Lord, as you would stir and quicken within our hearts, Lord, to perhaps reach out to somebody tonight and call them or shoot them a text or whatever it is, and to connect. Lord, you want to begin a work. You have begun a work in us, and you want to continue a work through us for your glory and for the, for the sake of the lost in the sake of the brother and sister that needs ministry to be done and encouragement and comfort, Lord, I just pray at this time that we will surrender to you and that your will will be done. Lord, I pray for an anointing and empowering and an outpouring of your spirit upon us in Jesus' name. And Lord, that we would be, that you would be glorified. I just thank you and I praise you. You're an amazing God. Have your way in our life. In your name we pray, amen, amen. I have uh, up here, I have ministry opportunities. And I said, what's going on here at the church? Where can I get involved? And just a few things, and I'm going to ask um, maybe if I could have Clarence 
or some of the ushers uh, either hand them out or be at the door to, to grab one of these things. And you may say, well, what can I do? And I'll just say this. There's nine ministry strands here at the church. And uh, you might say, hey, I can take part in some of these ministry strands. Um, uh, one thing that I would encourage you, uh, as you would commit here to the church, uh, to the Lord and to one another here at the church, we do have a membership seminar coming up. And also there's a sign up in the foyer for membership uh, to, to say, hey, I want to get involved. For some of the things, uh, because of insurance purposes, they even say, hey, they should be members, especially if you're working with children and young adults and that sort of thing are vulnerable. Um, but more of it is so to be a co commit to one another. So uh, there's sign up for water baptism, for membership, uh, which would be a, a Saturday morning. And also on this sheet here are just different places where you can get involved or you, you think you might get involved in ministry. And if there's something that's not mentioned or a strand that's not there, uh, I know the Lord is putting in your heart that you would uh, to be to, uh, work to be done through you at this time as the Lord would lead and guide. So God bless you. Love you guys. And uh, have a wonderful uh, day yet. And uh, we'll see you next time. Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. Just want you to know you can find full live stream services on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.